I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyball.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. How are your shoes holding up, Isaac Harris? Tar. Heels. You tar your heels? Tar. Stop it. What about that big win? Is it a big win? Of course it's a big win. Stop it. Is it a big win? Don't take anything away from Cam Johnson, Luke May. I didn't take it away, but it was taken away. The gravity okay. of the win was taken away when the gravity himself was taken out. Also, those ticket prices was not all because of Zion. Like those tickets have been in super high demand, and the resale on them has been crazy. Um, A lot of people lining up to see Luke May hit some hit some uncontested layups. It's the best rivalry in college sports, so th- those tickets are always crazy. It's true. Did you see the uh, you see like the um, the courtyard with all the tents and everything? There was snow yeah. out there, man. There, those people were staying overnight in snow. Absolutely, Ridiculous. it's insane. Ridiculous. I mean, those are Duke people, but no, I mean, it, obviously, I'm super excited. Carolina beat them, and. I mean, they have this, they're the super team going into the season, this Duke team with Archie Barrett and Cam Reddish and, and Zion. And, and obviously, I, I hate what happened to Zion. I mean, that was, I mean, everybody tunes in to see this. I mean, Barack Obama came down for Zion. Does Obama come down, come down to that game if Zion's not playing? Maybe, but probably not. Uh, <laughs> maybe. He's, he's a big basketball guy, but... If you didn't if you didn't watch the game, we're talking about the Duke North Carolina game, uh, college basketball, and Zion just less than a minute into the game, kind of you know, kind of juked right, and when he tried to, his 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 footing slipped right out from under him, and he tore through his shoe, like the sole of his shoe just ripped right off, and his his foot flew through it, and then he was holding his knee, went right out of the game, didn't play, and then. North Carolina essentially just beat up, beat down Duke. Duke Duke was ten of fifty three from or ten of fifty nine from three. That's it, insane. Or was that the whole game? Was that the whole team? It's probably it's probably a whole like from the field because I don't think they shot sixty threes. Basically, I'm on a roll with these stats that I make up. Off the top you of are my Nick. Head. I can't trust you anymore. Duke, um, Duke was eight of thirty nine, and uh, North Carolina was two of twenty. So it was it was combined. They were. Okay, come on. I just want to say Luke May uh, flat out dominated. He is uh, this version uh, or this year's or this um, era's uh, Tyler Hansborough to where he's going to kill it and he's going to be an awesome uh, college basketball player, but um, probably won't go very yeah, far. Yeah, where does he? Where does he even play? I don't know, but I just love him to death. And I mean, he's definitely going to play for the Pacers, but other than that. <laughs> I don't know. Mavs might now. Um, oh, <laughs> but no. Okay. Real quick before we move on to Mavs. The, one of the weirdest things I I've watched this team, um, a decent amount this year. Not, I used to never miss a, a North Carolina game that was on TV. 
I've missed a few this year because this is the year I've been actually frustrated with Roy Williams, and I love Roy, but how they've handled Nasir Little yeah, what's up with that? has been it been super weird. Uh, they've been starting Garrison Brooks, but I was actually talking to Justin Jackson about this Mavs player. Here's your Mavs thing. Uh, or tie-in. I was talking to him about how little fits on this Carolina team, and he brought it. He's like, "Well, it's kind of like where does he play? Because he's not going to play over Luke May. He's not going to play over Cam Johnson." And man, I have a super big Mavs second-round crush on Cam Johnson, and I know <laughs> it's biased because of UNC, but I just hope people just kind of because right now he's projected as a late second rounder. That's crazy. Mm. He hit seven threes the other day. He's a transfer from Pitt uh, back a few years ago. And I mean, he's six, eight and can shoot the lights out. And uh, so, yeah, I am. Uh, he's shooting right. Okay. Nick, are you ready for this? He's six, eight. He's shooting 47% from three this year. Mm. Just had, uh, you know, 26 tonight or 28. He might score there at the end, but uh, yeah. He's he's a second rounder that I would love for Dallas to get. So I, I'm just I, I don't even want to tweet about him because I don't want to like jinx it or anything. But <laughs> but yeah. no, I love I love this Carolina team and uh, I'm I'm anxious to see what March looks like. But I'm nervous about the point guard position. Anyway, all right. Today on the podcast, we're going to get to my five or so questions about the Mavericks the rest of the season. We still have no more games uh, until Friday. The Mavericks play Friday against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I also have a Nuggets breakdown video on Free Dawkins, the uh, the YouTube channel. So if you want to go check out a breakdown of the Nuggets before Mavericks play them, you can go check that out. Uh, it's, it, it's titled, Can Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets Make Noise in the Playoffs? And the answer is maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> They'll make some noise. They're, they're a very deep team. It'll be very interesting to see. But- I think it depends on who they match up with. Very true. That, that's my that's my prompt question at the end. Who do you think that they can win a seven game series over? The answer so far has been none of the five teams that I put up there. So, uh, oh, go comment and answer and answer what you guys think. So, um, all right, let's get to my first question. Isaac Harris, we mentioned this before. Does Dirk pass Wilt in scoring? Uh, I'm saying yes. I think that would be one of the main goals. I think, um, let's just say, you know, I know Luca, they, they had practice today, and Luca uh, said, um, uh, I saw on the Mavs Twitter account that he said that, you know, right now is one goal for the rest of the season is to make the playoffs. And, you know, there's still games out from that, but uh, it's not impossible at this moment. But let's say they come out um, over the next week or so and they lose some games, and it really is a far fetched idea. I think the goal at that point will turn into how can we make the end of the season the best for Dirk. And we might see him shoot the ball more than normal. We might see him uh, his minutes go up a little bit more than normal. Uh, but, yeah, I think he hits it. Yeah, it, it'll be very interesting. So I, uh, he needs 110 points to Bass Wilt. And this was something at the Is beginning of the season. 110 or 120? Stop. <laughs> it's 110. At the beginning of the season, we were saying that you know, this is obviously something that's going to happen. Obviously, he's definitely going to make it, blah, blah, blah. And he just hasn't – he missed some of the beginning of the season. He just hasn't looked right. He's been very slow. He's been playing, uh, like, hardly at all <laughs> compared to the, how he's been playing before because they really, really slowly brought him into the rotation. You guys all know this. but So, 110 points. The Mavericks have 25 games left. He'd have to average 4.4 points. However, Mavericks have some back-to-backs in there. Dirk has played some back-to-backs, but – if he, he that's with that's without missing any more games the rest of the season, which he probably won't. If this is his last season, he's probably going to try to play all the rest of these games, right? He's not just going to 
to sit out for load management <laughs> because <laughs> you know what I mean. This, this is it. What, what's he? What's he holding it out for? Unless, unless it's not it. Unless it's not. I mean, I mean, well, you have to think too. If he does set out, uh, you know, one or two of those back to backs, this would be something for you to go back and look up if you want. But how many times this season has he scored under four points? Um, well, he's averaging four point seven. So, well, okay. Well, I've been I'm looking back the past few weeks. He's had twelve, six, three, six, eight, zero, uh, seven, fourteen, seven, zero, eight. So, like, over when he kind of found his stride, like, yeah. earlier in the season, yeah, he was hitting, like, his first few games. I mean, you got to remember, he missed his first 26 games of the season. Right. Uh, and then after those 26, he missed five games after that. So, he's missed 31 out of 57 games this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like he's been – we'll see how he comes out of All-Star break, but it seemed like over the past three weeks he's kind of hit his stride a little bit more. So, even if you say – let's try to get six points a game that would that would give him a little wiggle room to miss a game or two right i mean yeah yeah yeah. and like you said he's been hitting a stride as of late so i think he'll pass wilt i think the mavericks will try and make this happen just like they try to get the thirty thousand point thing happen to to happen on a uh, home game they really really Uh, i mean i mean if he just needs a if he just needs 110 points there's what 25 games left right right and so okay, just uh, if they make it a point for him to score, asking him to sc- getting him to score ten points, which he's did a handful of times this year, uh, getting him to score ten points out of eleven out of those twenty five games, I mean that's not doable. like yeah. yeah, that's doable. I mean that's and I mean especially if they leave him out there a little bit longer and they try to you know feed him some more shots and stuff. Getting him, yeah. I mean, getting him to 10 points for 11 of those 25 games, that's not impossible. Especially if the Mavericks aren't going to make a playoff run, uh, which we think they're going to attempt one, but they're just too far out, and there's too many teams that are too bunched up there. And Le- Don't say that, Nick. And, well, the Kings are, are there. The the Clippers are, you know, who knows what they're doing. And then the Lakers, I mean, they're they're gearing up to really go out and run for it as best they can. And so that's it's going to be a heated race for that. But – um. If shouldn't the Lakers tank at this point? Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, <laughs> we'll switch gears a little bit about the playoff run. All right, Isaac. So let's say that the Mavericks do want to try to make a playoff run. Um, they're how many games back? Four games back? Five games back from the eighth seed? And if the Mavericks are going to make a playoff run, who has to step up the most? Which player besides Luca? Let's throw Luca out of it. Let's throw let's throw Borzingis out of it, obviously, because he's not coming back. Which player would have to step up the most for the Mavericks to try and make up some of this ground between them and the eighth seed? Oh gosh, um, I mean, the natural side of me says Tim Hardaway, just because like Tim Hardaway's efficiency would just have to skyrocket. Yeah, and they would have to hit some. Um, some Monte Ellis type magic back in the day of <laughs> um, figuring out exactly how to use him to really, I mean, he would have to average, you know, 20 something, you know, over 20 points a game over these final stretch. I mean, I, I think the, without saying Luca, because I was going to say Luca and just Luca taking up to a superstar type of level, like triple double type of, you know, games. Right. 
that was that's probably going to be what would have to take but yeah i mean i think tim hardaway and to try to sum it up once it tim hardaway would have to establish himself as the for sure second option on this team right now would that be productive i know and that and that's what we <laughs> talked about the other day of like if he did that killed it and then and coming in the next year, they're like, well, we don't want you to be that. Kind of like what they've told Harrison Barnes before the trade. Like, well, we need you know you to kind of you know, go back instead of what we had you as this primary guy before. So, yeah, I mean, I, I say I say Tim Hardaway. He does kind of seem like the only guy left on the roster that has – he has the highest ceiling of any of the guys left on the roster besides Luka, obviously. Right? Do you, yeah. th- do you think he has the highest ceiling of, of where his play can elevate? Maybe Jalen Brunson can get to a, a level, but he's he's you know he's in, in his first year. I mean, we're big believers in Maxi. If Maxi just became a, just a, I mean a, a dead eye three point shooter. I mean, just yeah, hit, hit a super hot streak on his threes because he gets those open threes. If he just became knocked down automatic, uh, that would be huge. Uh, wouldn't be huge for his price tag this summer, but uh, that that would be uh, huge for the team if that happened. Yeah, so Maxi, Dorian, Tim Hardaway Jr., those guys would all have to, to step up pretty big, I feel like. But, yeah, it's like what you said with Brunson. Like, what we're getting out of Dorian and Brunson right now, I mean, I guess they could prove a little bit, but I don't. I wouldn't expect a ton more right now. Like, right now. Like, I would like to see a big leap for them next year. Um, but like what, the, what you're getting from him that right now is pretty good. I mean, especially I mean, you can't ask more from Brunson right now. I mean, he's a second yeah. round pick. Like, I mean, he's doing his thing. So it, okay. Let me ask you this. How more confident would you be in like a playoff type of run? If JJ was still here? Yeah, I'd be a little more. Cause, cause that would be the other answer is besides Tim Water Jr. JJ Barea would have to, to step up and take, you know, some more. Some more load and shoot better because he he was not shooting well to start the season. If his efficiency stepped up, then you'd be talking about it in a different light. I think. I wonder how all this stuff would would have transpired at, with both of the trades and stuff if JJ was still you know fully healthy, and not that he would affect the trade. Like yeah, I think they still go like down the, the same way. Like the trades still happen, but like how they how they play right after the trades how they come out of the break here. If JJ was still anchoring that second unit, I wonder how that would have changed things. But you'd think that Trey Burke would play less, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'd play less probably. Probably Courtney Lee, maybe a little bit more. Maybe some more. Uh, speaking of which two players do you want to see play together through the rest of the season? You've kind of had, we we've talked about this, you know, Maxi and Sala lineup to try and see what Maxi looks like next to a shot blocker. But what two players would you like to see on the floor together? And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little off the board. I'm gonna go Luca and Justin Jackson. I just want to see what what Justin Jackson looks like with a playmaker like Luca, um, like he kind of had in De'Aaron Fox in in Sacramento. And in Sacramento, I've been reading up on on some of the the fans' takes on Justin Jackson. They say that he really couldn't find his role. In his first year, and then this just this year, he finally started to figure out his role. So maybe it takes him a little longer to try and you know, get over that learning curve or figure out, okay, what is my role in this team? What can I do the best on this team to maximize my abilities? And so maybe next to Luka, he can find that. And so that's that's kind of what I want to see. I really want to see Justin Jackson through the, these last 25 games and, and show me something. 
I've been debating on whether to do a big feature on on Justin, but I I know it's kind of mean, but I just didn't know if fans would like really uh, be all about it right now. Yeah. Uh, but I'm leaning towards it. I feel like I I don't know maybe towards the end of the season I'd like to do it and just to give people a glimpse into him and stuff. But uh, I do like that. I do like that a lot. I'm just gonna go. I, I don't know. This might be an easier answer, but I'm gonna go with Luca and Dorian. Mainly because I just want to see this chemistry continue to build. Yeah. And that I think, I really think of all the people, all the non-Luca Porzingis guys on this roster, he has the best chance out of anybody to be a starter next year. And I want them them to play as much as they can together to just grow alongside each other, grow their chemistry, their friendship, uh, kind of what we were talking about the other day with Dorian. Can he guard these point guards? Can he, you know, play alongside Luke? His outside shooting, and so yeah, the yeah. But Maxi and Salah too, because of the reasons we said before. Of I, we want to see if Maxi can play alongside this uh, rim protecting center that Salah could be. Can he be the four alongside of that too? But I really, yeah. I really wish I could answer with JJ and Dirk. You know, just just uh. to see, just to see the end of it. Well, I mean, Luca and Dirk, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, that that goes without saying. I was going with a more of a, a futuristic team building uh, mindset instead of a uh, yeah, I was heart heartwarming. Uh, Luca and Dirk would be number one just for our hearts and <laughs> as many minutes as we can get them to play together. Yeah, I want to see some more Br- Ryan Brokoff too. If we're just gonna go, you know, single singular players, we want to see more of the rest of the season. This is this this is the stretch right now that we should get. Ryan broke off minutes, right? If, if any time during the season, this should be the time that we get some consistent broke off minutes. Yeah. That's what the I mean. only problem. Yeah. I want that. It's like, you almost got to pick like, who do you want to see more of Justin Jackson or broke off? Because I don't want him to like completely bench Finney Smith um, because I want him in, I want Dorian in there a lot. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Well, Dorian can play some four. Justin Jackson can play some four. They've played Brokoff spot minutes at four. So you have a little bit of versatility there between the three of them. Ooh, Brokoff at the four, man. You can play Ugh. Dorian at the two. And you can play uh, – well, Brokoff at the four is like a – that's a three-minute lineup kind of deal. Yeah. You throw in against certain other lineups if you have you know, a really small four on the other side. All right, next question. Should the Mavs shut down Devin Harris to try and get some more time for some younger guys for the rest of the season? Oh gosh, should they shut him down? Uh, I always lean towards no on these, uh, mainly because, I mean, he's just a he's a staple. He's kind he's not the JJ's level in the in as far as franchise leaderboards, all that type of stuff. Like we fully believe JJ Brez's number will be hanging in the rafters. I don't think Devin's will. Yeah. Um, so, but. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, if this is this this could be Devin's last year too, then yeah, let him play. Especially if you're out of the playoff hunt, and you know it's not like yeah, play him. If if they did decide to sit him down, who who are you gonna play over him? That that's my next question is is who would get the minutes because uh, I think that would be if you wanted to see some more of Trey Burke, if you wanted to see more of that, then no, maybe you limit Devin's minutes. Um, J- Jalen Brunson's obviously still going to get a big load no matter if, if Devin is playing or not. And then after that, it's those three guys we mentioned. And some of them can play too in, in, in Dorian and Brokoff and Justin Jackson. And if you can kind of figure out a way to move it around so that they can get some of his minutes, then 
then maybe you do it that way. But I, I'm I'm with you. Just let him play. I mean, we don't want to. Know. It's not, yeah. If we had a um, if we had another like younger um, guy off the bench, like if Courtney Lee or Trey Burke was a, a more of a younger, if they were a Justin Jackson type, or like if you, you had know? say like a. A guy that had a pretty good jumper that's been killing it in the G League right now. That's on a two-way contract. If you had a guy like that, what about some Daryl Macon? Can we could we be making some Macon minutes? <laughs> Macon bacon. Um, no, it, yeah. So like, if Trey Burke or Courtney Lee were like a Justin Jackson type that we got back on the deal. If yeah. okay, if we got back Frank Nelikina, and you're like, should they shut him down? Should they shut? That would be the thing. I'm like, yeah, throw Nilikina out there. We need to know what we got and like all that stuff. But I, I mean, I really don't think Courtney Lee or Trey Burke will be on the roster next year. But all right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, some more big questions, including one about Daryl Macon. Ooh. All right, Isaac, who gets more time on the Mavericks roster and playing in games for the rest of the season, Daryl Macon or Costas Antetokounmpo? I want it to be Costas, but I think I'll be Macon. Yeah, I, I I agree with this. I do. I also want it to be to be Macon, but kind of the the whole thing we just hashed no, out. I with, want it to be Costas. Oh no, no, you're right, you're right. Want it to be Costas. However, all the stuff we just said about the Devin Harris minutes, Jalen Brunson getting a ton of time, is limiting. You know, Daryl Macon's ability to get some minutes there. Yeah, well, I think it would be harder for Costas because they love Dwight Powell. They, you know, just are started Salah the other day. They just paid to bring him back. Uh, I think that they will try to roll this Salah Maxi lineup to all that. They're gonna play Maxi, you know, these minutes and stuff. So like, right there, you got three guys, and then you got Dirk. So there's four seven footers right there, basically, that are gonna get minutes uh, and play. So then you look at Macon. There's a lot of times where Brunson's starting with Luca. So then you're looking at guards off the bench, and it's Burke and you know Devin, Burke and Devin. So both of those guys, like if they really want to see what they have in making, I think it's easier to take minutes away from Burke and Devin for making instead of taking minutes away from Dwight Powell or not not uh, easy. It's easier for them. I'm not saying I would gladly take some minutes from you know, Dwight or somebody like that to give Kosas some run if the playoff thing is out of the picture. But I think I, I think for them it'd be making. But we keep Kosas out of the lineup. That way we know Luca's gonna win rookie of the year this season. If they keep Kosas out of the lineup and he doesn't play, then Kosas can win rookie of the year next season. He can win it next year. <laughs> <laughs> um Next question, because that one, that one's just you know the two way guys. We'll see. Remember when we all got? Remember we got all excited about Motley last year? <laughs> we did, yeah. And then slowly. <laughs> um, which do you want to see the Mavs try more? Luca and hmm. Brunson together, or Point Luca? Oh, Point Luca for sure. You're not, I mean, you're I think, not interested in the in the Luca Brunson combo. I'm not at all. Nope. No interest. Mm. No, no. I lo- I love Brunson. Um, yes, I love Brunson, but I think uh, from the very beginning and into this point, I think Brunson is your um, is your new JJ Barea. That in a perfect world, he is your anchor of the second unit that runs everything. 
gets his shot, gets his points, and all that stuff, as long as he's in Dallas. And in 10 years from now, he'll be shutting down Zion Williamson in the NBA Finals to to <laughs> stop him from getting his first title. That's what wow, what do, you, what do you want? I would like to see some more Luka and Brunson. Wow, that's not going to – you know that's not going to be long-term. It's not long-term, but it's going to be something. Like, Carlisle's been trying, you know, a lot of these Luka and the bench lineups, and – with that, we're going to need to see more of that, that chemistry. If we want to see, I would like to see Luca and Brunson kind of develop the same kind of chemistry. JJ and Dirk have. That's something that I would like to see. When a team, mm. when a team needs an automatic bucket, when they need something to go right, that that the Mavericks have been able to just turn to JJ and Dirk and be like, okay, run your, your run your two man game. And then we can try that. It's a little different because Dirk is big and JJ is really small <laughs> and they can run, you know, a pick and pop, a pick and roll together. But, I don't know. I just want to see a little bit more of that. Obviously, Point Luca is exciting. We we like Point Luca. I'd love to see Luca out there with all the shooters, but I don't know. I just thought it'd be be an interesting development. I think if Porzingis was healthy, I could see that not just because the Dirk reference, but like Porzingis and Brunson and seeing how they play off each other. I just think right now the whole focus is Luca as this point guard, and we want him with these athletic, bigger wings alongside of him. Like, okay, if you're telling me which player would I rather Luca spend more minutes with for the rest of the season, Brunson or Justin Jackson, I'm picking Justin Jackson. Yeah, I, I already said that. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, that, was yeah, my, okay. That, was my two, that was my two guys that I would, would pick. Yeah, so I, I would rather him spend time with the with the wings instead of yeah, Brunson. The wings play in Arlington though, and they don't they don't start up until like hey Skyler though June. she could ball. Uh, Skyler's having a baby, so I don't know oh, if Skyler's yeah. gonna even play. And if you look at Liz Cambage's Instagram story, it doesn't look good for her to come back. She requested a trade. We'll see what happens. That's sad. It is sad. She was, she's a monster. She's awesome. That was a super exciting season last year, and I was really disappointed at the end. But uh, this could be a rebuilding year. Could be a rebuilding wings, year. For wings. wings are going to tank now. I'm definitely giving you guys wings updates during the summer. So Yeah, we'll need Nick to fill us in. <laughs> All right, last question. Luca does – actually, this is not a question. This is a fill in the blank. Ooh, Okay. Luca doesn't win rookie of the year if fill in the blank. Is there any possible scenario where Luca doesn't win rookie of the year? Um, so have you seen the movie Deep Impact? I have not. Okay. I know so the font just, uh, Deep Impact. So Deep Impact's a, a movie in which Morgan Freeman's the president and uh, Elijah Woods in it. He's like one of the main characters. Uh, it's when uh, he, he goes to asteroid. Mordor and he, he destroys the ring. No, not that movie. No, uh, this kind of this pretty much this asteroid hits the Earth, and it um, wipes out most of uh, civilization and stuff. That would uh, that would be my answer. Luca Doncic does not <laughs> win, the, <laughs> win the Rookie of the Year if uh, if an asteroid hits the Earth. What if we get some kind of what if we get no. some kind of Trey Young run? No, I don't care. None. Oh, okay, that will give them you know the fifth best odds. I mean, like who's second right now? Jaron Jackson, and I think that I think that's the debate more than Luca. I think can Trey overtake Jaron Jackson for Rookie of the Year? For second in Rookie of the Year? Yeah, yeah. 
because it's just not. I mean, Vegas is already taking taking the odds like off. Right. Like, it's already a wrap. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that's a conversation. Like, I honestly think Luca just could sit down right now and just win the award. I was just thinking that if Luca gets injured, he's gonna win it. But maybe he goes on a decline at the end of the year. Maybe somebody goes in the upswing. But even, I don't think there's anything that could happen that where a narrative no. where Luca's overtaken by another narrative. The national stage, the narrative, the All Star push. Um, I mean, he was legit almost an all-star. Also, so. do not underestimate the media-loving automatic choices. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you you look through the the award picks and you're like, okay, well, I got to pick an MVP. Well, I'm going to try to have to figure out MVP. It's sometimes, sometimes it's obvious. Like, okay, it's Steph. Boom. Obviously, Steph. And they love these automatic picks. So they don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it, yeah, it's for real. I mean, it's like, hey, we don't even have to research this one. It's, it, you know, it's just Luca. And really, I mean, it, we talk about Trey and Jaron Jackson. It's just crazy how good this class is. And we shared a lot of texts about it today, but um, Nick and I going back and oh, forth. Oh, yeah. But. Let me, so just the last couple of minutes here, let me share my, my little uh, anecdote or prediction or whatever. So I'm going to do a video on this in the summer. Um, I think that the 2018 draft has um, no busts in it so far. And I think it's the first draft since 1996 to have no busts in it, in the top five, just in the top five. So if you look at last year's draft, the 2017 draft, you have Fultz number one. I mean, there's still time for all these guys, obviously, but so far it's been a bust. Josh Jackson, kind of the same thing, been a bust. Still time for him. 2016, you have Dragon Bender, you have Chris Dunn. He's not necessarily a bust, but he hasn't been as good as you know, we thought maybe he could be 2015. You have Mecca Okafor, or you have a uh, Jaleel Okafor, Mario Hazonia again, still time for those guys, but so far been very, been very busty. Uh, and yeah, you, and you just like, go down the line and how you define bust is cause we were going back and forth and we went back a ton today. Uh, but like out of the top five, you could do it of saying who, where will 2018, these top five players in 2018, the, all five of their their rookie seasons stack up to other top five picks rookie seasons? And that's where it gets really interesting because some of these guys, uh, you know, had good rookie seasons or like some of these classes had like three really good players in, in the top five, but then they had like two like just <laughs> horrible guys. Um, yeah, well, if you look at but, look at go all the way back to like 1997, you have Tim Duncan number one, you have Keith Van Horn, who's he was a decent role player, you have Chauncey Billups, who obviously was great, going to be a Hall of Famer, Antonio Daniels and Tony Batie. So you have like you have three guys that played ten plus years, but are they busts? You know, what do you count them as? It's kind of where I'm I'm at with this list and trying to figure out how to categorize them. And then obviously 2003, you have LeBron, Melo, Wade, Bosh, all Hall of Famers. And then you have Darko. <laughs> it just kind of pulls down that whole group. Uh, and then the, the 1996 group that I say doesn't have any busts in it either is Allen Iverson, Marcus Camby, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Stefan Marbury, and Ray Allen. Yeah, and those guys put up some solid rookie numbers. And we were we were going back and forth today about this 2018 class compared to 2003, that LeBron class, and what their rookie seasons looked like. Because yeah. I know a lot, in hindsight, yeah, we look at it and say, oh my gosh, you know, those four guys in that top five is insane. Like, you can't say DeAndre Hayton, Trey Young, something. But when you start looking at the points, 
you know, in, in that 2003 th- class, they had two 20-point scores in their rookie seasons, LeBron and Melo. Well, in 2018, they have one in Luka. But then when you start looking at, like, Chris Bosh only averaged 11 points that year. Even when you look at Dwayne Wade, and I texted this to Nick, uh, Dwayne Wade's rookie season averaged 16-4-4. Four, and four. Trey Young right now is averaging 16-3-7. and seven. So it's like you you look at these top five numbers in Trey Young, Jaron Jackson, uh, Luca, Bagley, and Aiton. They're all having really good seasons, and and yeah, Darko obviously weighs down those four a lot <laughs> if you're trying to compare those two. But oh, man. I also sent one to Nick, and I said, "Don't sleep on 2008: Derek Rose, Michael Beasley, OJ Mayo, Westbrook, and Kevin Love." Mm. Uh, and OJ Mayo averaged 18 points a game his rookie season. Mayo was good. Uh, he was man. He he was the first prospect that I remember hearing at, in like middle school. Yes, like he was in middle school, and that was the first. Well, we lived around that then, area. He grew up in in Cincinnati kind of area, and I just yeah, he was on like a Slam magazine in like yeah. eighth grade or something. There was this myth that he had been on the varsity, the high school varsity team since seventh grade. That's crazy. I don't even know if that's allowed, but <laughs> that was the myth. Oh, no, yeah, myth it's, around, it's definitely allowed. Around Cincinnati. Um, and then you can look at, like, 2009, and they have Blake Griffin, Hashim beat, obviously huge bust, James Harden, Tyreek Evans, and Ricky Rubio. Tyreek Evans had that awesome rookie season where he was, like, 25-5. and five. And then after that, he's kind of fallen off, had a resurgence last year. But is he a, was he a bust? But if you look just his rookie season, so it's kind of hard to – it's it's very subjective. But anyway, I found that yeah. kind of interesting today. Yeah, it's like what you define as bust. In 1999, they had Elton Brand, Steve Francis, Baron Davis, and Lamar Odom. That's a top four. It's not a top five. Yeah. But Well, you know uh, who the five it, was? Jonathan Bender. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two that Bender was the busts Bender one. in this, <laughs> in, in this it's list. Just cra- it's just crazy when one of the uh, – if you're a basketball nerd, just going back and looking at these drafts and seeing these guys like the Thabit one uh, we were joking about. You know, you remember him being such a big bust – but like James Harden, Steph Curry, and DeMar DeRozan were all taken after him, and not all not where you know, it's different when if it's like a Draymond in the second round saying, "Oh, he's picked after him." Yeah. That's different because that's just a shot in the wind there. But when it's like James Harden's the very next pick, and you're lit- you literally debated on draft night between the two, and you pick the beat over Harden, and then you know Curry and DeRozan, like that, that's tough. I mean, that, that's that's super tough, but. But, he, I mean, even going back to Jordan's draft, I mean, with Olajuwon and Jordan and Barkley in that top five, and, I mean, you obviously, I mean, Sam Bowie is the, you know, everybody will remember Sam Bowie. Uh, but, uh, like, th- those three in that top five, you know, Barkley's numbers weren't incredible in his rookie season. But if you look back on it and you say, okay, out of previous top fives in NBA history, who has the most, like, Hall of Famers or the, you know, best players ever i mean it's hard to beat elijah jordan and, and barkley so that was <laughs> yeah what did google say <laughs> siri disagreed or whatever that was there you go that's just, it's kind of interesting to go back and look at some of those drafts something an anecdote i found today but guys we'll be back tomorrow we're going to do a league-wide um, look at the playoffs and try and figure out who our picks were at the beginning of the season see how wrong they were and then uh, make our our revised picks i guess to see who we think is going to make the playoffs or where we think they're going to finish as of this year so we'll be doing a a broader scale Uh, also we hit a massive milestone on 
uh, yesterday. Just this massive number we've never hit for a month, and we have a week left. So just wanted to thank you guys. If you go look at, at Locked On Mavs, you can see the chart um, of, of where our numbers have gone from January 2018 to through January of 2019. It's wild. It's uh, it's really crazy. So we appreciate all you guys. We appreciate the Raccoon Squad. Also, if you'd be interested in a Raccoon Squad shirt or a sticker or anything like that, we're discussing it internally. So let us let us know. If we get a lot of tweets about this, maybe we'll per- pursue something like that. I I saw yeah, somebody reached out today and yeah. So anyway, if you're if that's something you'd ever be interested in, holla, holla at your boys, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.